welcome to IB Bear's Encore Session with Double Verifies, Laura Desmond and IB's David Cohen. Everyone, today is Thursday, May 21st, 2020, uh, and welcome to IAB There. Uh, my name is David Cohen. I'm the president of the IAB, and you are tuning in to uh, our daily live stream where we seek to connect all parts of the digital media and marketing ecosystem to talk about timely and relevant uh, topics. Today, we are going to be talking about adaptation and innovation in times of crisis. And we are super fortunate to have Laura Desmond with us. Laura is the operating partner of Providence Equity and the interim CEO of Double Verify. And I will just ask to bring Laura into the stream at this time. Hello there. How are you? Hey, David. Good to see you. It's good to see you too. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. All right. All right. So we're going to dive right in um, and have a uh, hopefully a nice, good conversation around a really interesting time. We were just talking about it before we got, uh, it's a really interesting time in the business at the risk of stating the absolute obvious. So tell us a little bit about what it's been like for you since you've been the interim CEO of, of Double Verify and uh, what's your experience been like? Sure, no, it, it has been a really interesting time. I, I think from a company perspective, stepping into the interim role has been really pretty uh, pretty good. Uh, we've got a really senior team, very uh, good group of veterans. They've been with the company a long time. They uh, know their their role and subject matter so well. They know the company super well. And so in many respects, what I've been trying to do is just make sure that uh, I give them, you know, the the autonomy and and, you know, to some extent, the freedom to just continue to do what they've done so well in order to make the company successful. I think from another perspective, you know, we've certainly shifted through a heck of a lot of gears from the end of February to today. Uh, obviously, COVID-19, not only the impact that's had in the ecosystem, the advertising ecosystem, but clearly the impact that's had to our daily work lives. The shift from um, going from being in the office, and we're a global business, to working from home virtually, you know, that's been a major shift. And I think one, the company's done really well, everyone's done really well. And, and I honestly think the industry's done extremely well, but it's still been uh, like running a marathon every week uh, at, a, at a sprinter's pace. So from a company standpoint, I think we've done a, a really good job and, and, and I've just tried to enable the, the, the brilliance and the strength of the team. I think from my personal standpoint, uh, what's been great about it is, uh, I guess when you have to, you know, I know I, I can still operate and I can still uh, bring kind of CEO instincts and, and industry operating instincts. And so from that standpoint, it, it, that's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Have you found any kind of like, um, uh, one of the things that we talk about all the time is, are there any kind of tips or tricks, or you, you mentioned how different it is kind of working remotely and kind of we're all going at 120 miles an hour all the time and the the work-life balance is kind of sometimes blurry. Is there anything that you're doing just out of curiosity that you kind of instituted that you think is a really good thing to do along those lines? Well, you know, it's interesting. We've instituted some things that we thought would have been crazy six months ago. Uh, for example- yeah. Um, Yes, you know, us too. Zoom, yeah, you know, Zoom cocktail hour or Zoom coffee break or Zoom yeah. water cooler. We've, we've played around with all of those. And some of my 
other companies that I work with uh, on an advisory standpoint have done the same. Um, we've had to, uh, I think, get smarter about when it's appropriate to do a video versus just do a plain old teleconference call. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, uh, one of the companies that I work with uh, has done a lot of six and seven a.m. calls because they're eight hours ahead in Europe. And you know, I've just sort of you know put the hammer down and said, "Hey, it's six or seven a.m. I'm not going to jump on that video call <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons." Yes. Um, yeah. So you sort of have to draw the line, but. I think we've all had fun with it, but at the same time, we know we have to find a steady state because it's easy to burn out. Everyone's working really hard, but on the other hand, we know we're not going to go back to normal anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, and we'll come back to that too. So the, the next thing I wanted to talk about, because we're both Wiley veterans, we've been doing this for uh, a pretty uh, good amount of time. We'll, we won't say the number of years, but we've seen kind of ups and downs before. We've seen kind of macroeconomic events that have uh, affected the business. When we started doing some research, when this first started at the IAB, we want to kind of, in our head, put this against things that we've seen in the past, 2008 as an example, and uh, you know, 2001. Could you compare and contrast uh, what's going on now with what we've seen um, before? Yeah, that was my initial instinct, like yours. I think you were right on uh, when you when you when you try to compare it to what you've been through before. I think the first thing is it's good to have weathered storms like this. Um, on the other hand, it's also really important to recognize that a lot of our employee base, whether it be a double verify in the agency world or even marketers, have not worked through a recession and they don't know what downturns look like. And so I've tried to toggle between those two um, uh, bookends, if you will. You know, what do you do in times of crisis? And then, and then how do you lead people through times of crisis that don't necessarily know what to do because they don't have the pattern recognition, they haven't been through it before. Um, and so, you know, ultimately what we've tried to do is number one, recognize this is a crisis similar to 0809, as well as 9-11 um, from a standpoint of a financial ad recession crisis, but also recognize this is deeper with more scale and a global health pandemic that has no reference. And so we've tried to say to ourselves, okay, what can we pull from past experience and bring forward? And then what do we have to start from scratch? That's number one. I think number two, the big learning I, I had out of 0809, and I'm sure you did too, is we worked with brands and companies as well as ourselves at SMG. Um, those who are able to, um, to the best degree possible, invest in people, capability, and the product roadmap were able to accelerate much faster um, through the recession and back into growth than those who really, really couldn't do it for whatever reason yeah. or didn't yeah. do it for whatever reason. So my best advice to, to the ecosystem is hold on to as much as you can of your roadmap, invest, 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 invest in capability, invest in people. And then I think the second thing, maybe more from an agency standpoint, but any customer driven business is you have to really be a good partner during this time. Even if there's nothing to do, being a good partner is listening, understanding problems, getting on the phone, getting on video chats, and spending time problem solving a little bit because your customers need that. So those are the two biggest things we've been trying to do these last few months. Yeah, that makes sense. And that, that feels very 
consistent with the things yeah. that we've heard uh, out in the, in the marketplace. The, the word of the month is agility and flexibility. And uh, we've heard kind of time and time again that um, the, what happens now, the relationships that we've built uh, over the past couple of weeks will be remembered for a very long time. So you want to kind of do things that are above and beyond the call of duty because we're all uh, ultimately in this together. I mean, the one other thing that comes to mind is, you know, we've organized a bunch of uh, convenings uh, at the IAB, which are, are competitive uh, folks, people from either uh, agencies or publishers or brands that typically would be very, very hyper competitive. And in the in this environment that we're in, we're all just trying to learn from each other. We're all kind of treading into new ground. We don't know uh, exactly what it is to, that we should be doing. So the learning and camaraderie has been, uh, has been really awesome. So that's been great to see. Next yeah. question I wanna ask you is, um, you personally and Double Verify were awesome. Um, you know, early on in this uh, coronavirus crisis, we planted a flag and said that the news is um, it's life or death. It is critical for us to have yeah. a healthy, vibrant, uh, ad-supported news ecosystem. And the initial knee-jerk reaction for many was to either pump the brakes, broad swath blacklists, which was uh, not helpful. Um, and you, you guys leaned in right away and said that there's some education that we need to be doing uh, in the marketplace. And uh, you put your money where your mouth was. So thank you for, for doing that. Um, let's talk a little bit about how has that evolved uh, over over time. Over the past six to eight weeks, how have you seen uh, brands, marketers, and agencies kind of reaction to uh, the news or sure. running advertising? Thank you for, yeah, thank you for your comments too. I mean, I learned a long, long time ago: you are stronger together versus alone. And our industry bodies, whether it be the IAB or the ANA, 4As, Ad Council, they're best at times like this. They really are. Um, and, and, and we've been proud to partner with everyone uh, and, and look forward to that. And I think you're right. It makes competitive um, you know, dynamics a little bit small in times like this too. Uh, but the way that we've looked at, the way Double Verify has looked at this global health crisis is that everyone needs trusted, good news. They need the information they need to make great decisions. And so as we started to see um, COVID-19 start to take over the landscape, the content, everything, we took a big step back and just went to first principles, which is What's the best thing we can do right now to educate our customers, educate the marketplace and continue to enable good information to get in the hands of the people because that's what, that was what was needed. So we, we really embraced that. We, we wrote a series of blogs around how trusted new sites were more important than ever. Um, we put an education plan together with our clients, educating them on how to properly look at our tool set, our granular um, uh, activations so that they could you know, assess, reassess, and make the right judgments about how um, to either widen the aperture or perhaps keep the aperture the same in terms of what they thought was brand suitable. Um, and, and when I mean education, I don't mean that we were just sending you know, emails out 
you know, our teams got on the phone one by one with, with a lot of customers and just tried to walk through what we thought were some different ways to go about looking at this new unique problem. And I think the efforts have really paid off. I mean, obviously there've been some ups and downs and I think to some extent what Double Verify does can be misunderstood. You can sort of look at it in a, in a, in a, in a way um, that says, oh, you know, it's just technology that, that's out to, um, you know, uh, throw speed bumps into the marketplace, not at all. I mean, we're trying to help our customers make the best decisions, but ultimately what we saw is that through our efforts, and I think we debuted this on uh, the IAB town hall last week, through our efforts uh, and through really the strong leadership of our customers who looked at the situation and decided to make uh, changes and adaptations, um, understanding the situation, was that um, you know blocking has gone down about 80%. And uh, you know, we think that's a great outcome because we were able to get in, guide, educate, and, and help our customers make the best decisions. Uh, and we'll continue to do that as we need to. This is an unprecedented time. And as we know, it's not gonna end anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we, we um, so, and kudos to you for, for doing that. We, we've actually been, uh, we have an ongoing uh, campaign that that we're calling News Saves Lives, which at the moment is focused on news. But the really, as you, I think, indicated, the aperture is really about, you know, just the brand safety, brand suitability conversation uh, all up. Right now, it is yeah. very, very uh, acutely focused on uh, on news. I would just do a call out. We had a blog post, uh, the IAB Tech Lab did a blog post uh, a day or two ago, just talking about this subject and kind of the the move away from just the the sometimes easy but um, overreaching blacklist to, to talk about kind of sentiment analysis and contextual analysis. And um, I'm glad to see that all of our efforts are, are actually bearing fruit. So thanks again uh, for doing that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of um, a different topic. Uh, one of my passion areas, I have been uh, for a long, long time agency side also kind of digital guy, then kind of uh, looking after the overall picture television. I've been very, very focused on connected television and OTT. And uh, right now is the time in the business where consumers are clearly uh, trumpeting kind of the move to streaming uh, in every uh, way, shape or form. Uh, so uh, with that comes some challenges. Uh, I think that, you know, we're, what we're trying to do is not repeat some of the stuff that we've seen in the kind of internet uh, early days. So let's talk about uh, CTV a little bit. Um, talk about what you're seeing, what you're learning as it relates to ad fraud and kind of just the uh, CTV space in general. No, that's great. I, I couldn't agree more with you. I, I think um, this is another uh, aspect where I think going back to 0809 is a good one. First of all, this is the first ad recession that truly is data-driven. Uh, we have more real-time information more digital information, more data capture about what consumers are doing first party and you know, along with it, some third party than ever before. So we can really instrument our decisions much more than 0809. And, and so that's a big difference between those two times. But a similar thing like 0809 is we're gonna definitely see a few things King made coming out of this. Um, in 0809, Google and Facebook were big, but that recession King made those two companies from a platform standpoint, from an audience standpoint where people wanted to spend their time. 
digital disruption was king made. That led to the marketing cloud companies really mm -hmm. becoming big. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of driven the whole data content ecosystem. So this time I couldn't agree more with you. I think CTV OTT is in the process of being king made. And I know that most agencies and most marketers who are smart take 10, 15, 20% of their online digital video, digi digital video, and they, and they say, okay, let's experiment with CTV. And it works and it's good, but the real breakthrough is gonna happen when those big upfront and scatter TV dollars start to flow. And I think you're mm. seeing yeah. that dam break a little bit now and will continue. And it's not just because it's CTV's time, it's because audiences are going there. And so that's gonna be king made. I think first party data is being king made in this industry right now. Those who have first party data have built a marketing stack, have built a CRM database, know how to activate it with personal relevant communication. They're able to win or they're able to at least tread water. Um, retailers who have this are able, are able to at least market through an e-commerce perspective mm -hmm. versus relying solely on the physical store and let's say their white label, label credit card. So customers I think are realizing pretty quickly, if I don't have first party data, what am I gonna do? And this is really shaking up, I think, you know, the, what I would call the drivers, the traditional drivers of the paid media landscape, CPG companies, durables, um, you, know, uh, you know, broader consumables, yeah. you know, auto. This is really gonna be a watershed moment for them. So I think those are the two big, two big areas that are, are being, you know, king made. In terms of CTV, I mean, uh, Double Verify is, is really focused on this space. Uh, we have been investing in our product suite. Uh, we actually have been partnering with the ecosystem in a greater perspective than ever before. I think, you know, a lot of people make the mistake of, of thinking, oh, well, TV's TV. It's, it's always premium and it's always fraud free and it's always <laughs> fine. And the reality is it's not. It's a different... Uh, it's a different uh, uh, channel altogether uh, and fraud is prevalent and we have spent a lot of time working with our partners and working with our customers to make sure that they can get uh, the certainty and the clarity they need to make stronger CTV investments. And I do think marketers are going to want that and need that in order for those upfront dollars to flow. And so we've been spending a lot of time there and uh, we, we will continue to. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Uh, two things that uh, are kind of relevant to this and, and germane to what you were just saying. We've tried to make a distinction. CTV and OTT are kind of just two things that are just relatively interchangeable. So we've tried to put a, um, a stake in the ground saying that uh, OTT is when we're talking about content and CTV is when we're talking about kind of the delivery platform, which is uh, kind of just something that I've, we've tried to, uh, has been helpful. Uh, the other thing that's worth noting is you'll remember fondly, I've said this now internally many times, so I'm sure people are starting to roll their eyes, but we've lived through that kind of dynamic where it was the year of mobile for a long time, yeah. right? We were all, we were always kind of joking and it became kind of this like, uh, it was the butt of all the conferences that we were at, which uh, the year of mobile, the year of mobile, the year of mobile, where consumer uh, usage was dramatically outpacing where we were as an industry. And it's, it's our belief that this moment in time uh, is gonna accelerate. We're seeing it accelerate usage, but our hope is that it's gonna accelerate kind of the advertising and marketing industry in a commensurate way. So we'll see, uh, 
we're all trying to help that move it along. So you're going to help in terms of uh, helping uh, eliminate fraud and kind of uh, bad actors. And we're going to help by education on the kind of uh, ability or what you gain by uh, moving yeah. down. And I think also the thing that we're also focused on is being able to offer omni measurement to our customers, the same authentic impression across all digital channels so that you can truly have a currency you that can sounds rely like on. sounds like Nirvana. And, that sounds awesome. Well, well, no, but you know what? I think this is part of the problem. Again, I'm an old media planner from back in the day, but part of the problem is how much do I mix these all together? How do I value a pound of you know, TV versus five totally. ounces it's of about digital versus- trade-offs. Yes. And, yes, and, yes, yes, And so we're really trying to get to that. We have gotten to that omni-channel measurement and, and really be able to get down to the authentic impression. And we think that will help unlock dollars, if you will. Um, to give clients more, you know, clarity and confidence around the, their marketing investments. Awesome. Let's talk. I'm sure this is part of your kind of roadmap uh, in the future. And as I talk to more and more people, there was an innovation roadmap pre-COVID, and that's kind of been maybe slightly altered uh, in the kind of current environment. But talk a little bit about what innovation you're planning uh, for the back half of this year. For sure. So we really believe our product roadmap is a critical asset of the company. And we try to have at least three to four mid to long-term initiatives that we're working on that we can put into general acceptance and, and, and move to our customers during the course of the year. And one of the biggest decisions we made early on as we went into the COVID crisis was that we weren't going to change the roadmap, that what we would continue to invest in from a product launch uh, standpoint would 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 stay the same. Um, and so we have. So the first one we've talked about, CTV, major thrust area yeah. for us. We really believe that we can add a, a, a lot of value to customers in terms of the authentic impression and, and the omni-channel measurement. Number two is publisher yield and monetization. Um, very quietly, we've gone out and actually made a couple um, smaller acquisitions in this space. And We'll continue to invest in the space because we think helping publishers with their loading, with their yield, being able to make sense of it from the supply side is really important. And so we, we continue to build that out. Um, contextual targeting is on our roadmap and, and we feel really strongly about the work we're doing there. And then lastly, we've, we've been uh, beta testing and now we are launching a product called Authentic Performance, which really kind of gets us gets double verified much more into the marketing engagement, messaging engagement space. Because when you think about what DV is able to do from a device standpoint, we're able to measure kind of presence of ads as well as engagement of the device with ads and, and with other pieces of content. And so we're, we're putting a, a product uh, suite together that will, I think, give marketers and agencies more data around how to think about ad presence, how to think about messaging, how to think about engagement. And we like this space especially, and I know we're not gonna talk about this today, but we like this space especially because a cookie-less future means engagement, contextual targeting, these uh, metrics are really gonna matter in a cookie-less world. Now, we don't have to worry about that in CTV. Clearly, that's not dependent on cookies today but there's a whole bunch of everybody's business in the open web that does have to work through that. And so we, 
we like some of the, the steps that we're, we're making with authentic performance because we think it will help marketers get yet more metrics to be able to decide how to invest their dollars in the, in the online uh, digital ecosystem. Awesome. And, and we would be more than happy to have you come back and spend hours and hours and hours of talking about <laughs> the implications of a cookie-less future because we spend an awful lot of time uh, thinking about that. The, the timing for these things, are they third quarter or are they, when, when are these things going to get rolled out? Yeah, I mean, CTV and publisher is, uh, is active now. Um, con contextual targeting, authentic performance rolled out in, in starting end of second quarter, third and fourth. So they'll, they'll, all be, they'll all be a reality in market by the end of the year. Got it. Awesome. I've got probably two more questions and I think we're almost out of time. It's amazing how awesome. time flies when you're having a... Uh, a good conversation, but talk yeah. about something that you are optimistic for. There's a lot of folks that, uh, you know, sometimes are a little bit downtrodden and, and, and rightfully so. What are you optimistic for as we look to the back half of this year? I'm actually optimistic for innovation uh, and I think a new sense of purpose around advertising and marketing in the aftermath or during the, 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 you know, the current situation, the aftermath of COVID-19. Innovation in that, look, you, you grow when you get outside your comfort zone and every single person in the business world, no matter the industry, but certainly in advertising, has had to figure out how to work, collaborate, integrate, launch new things, make new things, produce new things um, in a virtual setting. And that's leading people to work like they never have before. And I mean, not just from home, but work in more creative ways and spaces and collaborate more in ways that they wouldn't have because they would have just left it to the old tried and true formats. Now I know that Zoom or BlueJeans or WebEx doesn't have a whiteboard that we can all just kind of like draw on. Yeah. But this concept of, I have to get uncomfortable with learning how to do new things, I think will spur innovation. I'm excited about that not only at a personal level or a people-based level, but a uh, creativity innovation level in terms of products and services that, that, that come from that. I'm optimistic about it, I really am. I think secondly, um, you know, look, there's no doubt we're headed into a deep recession, a global one. It will probably, you know, we'll, we will come back, but it will come back, you know, later than I think we we're all hoping. I don't think it's gonna be a V, a V recovery, but. Yeah. But it is going to recover. We are going to have a recovery. And when you think about it, one of the reasons that I always loved advertising is I really thought that it was all about capitalism at the end of the day. It's about goods and services and marketplace and being able to like create things, market things, trade things, buy things and have value. And I think advertising is a bit of the grease of the wheels of this big economy. And I, we will come back. I think we have a real important role. Um, and, uh, you know, once the consumer purchasing power is back or getting close, I know that brands will rely on advertising to get them the lift that they need. And so I feel good that this will be another validating point for our industry, but there will be, you know, without doubt, there's going to be some pain to get through, uh, until we get to that point. I remain optimistic. I'm going to hold on to that optimism, uh, as for as long as we possibly can. I've got one last question. Um, and it's my, uh, it's my favorite. So not to give you any pressure, but some people do remarkably, remarkably better at this than others. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say a series of words. It's a lightning round word association. 
It's going to give us a little sneak peek into your brain. Uh, I'm going to give you a word, and you're going to tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay? Okay. Uh, we'll start with uh, 5G. Game changer. Artificial intelligence. Overhyped but real in the next decade. Okay, we're going to try to not have sentences, but maybe one or two words, but that's okay. You're doing well. Upfronts. Troubled. Attribution. Necessary. Now we're getting the hang of it. Very good. Addressability. The future. Blockchain. Question mark. Podcasts. Love them. Zoom meetings. Use them. Privacy. Important. Netflix. Not as good as you think. Hmm. Dynamic ad insertion. Love it. CES. Miss it. Mm -hmm. All right. That was pretty good. Nice job. Very well done. And I good. think that that's all the time that we have. So I'm just going to say thank you very, very much. Thanks, uh, it was Dave. great chatting. We'd love to have you back at some point to talk about any other subject, but uh, have a great weekend and uh, we will see you soon. Dave, thanks so much. Be well. Take care, guys. All right. Thank you. On tomorrow's IAB There, Titanium Worldwide founder and president Robin Streisand Lupino and the Fluid Project.